To the Green Mountain Sports Roundup, I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm joined here by Marty Griffin and John Downing, and we're here to give you a recap of this week in sports. Gentlemen, how, how are, we, are we today? Hey, doing well. How's it going? Good, good. Johnny's holding it all in. Oh yeah, it's uh, it it's officially slob the knob day uh, here at G. <laughs> I've been looking forward GMSR. to this episode. This, yeah, yeah I, I knew this would be my favorite episode. <laughs> He's been in the dark all week long. All right, so we'll we'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll save the best for last. Uh, Marty, you want to go first with your number twelve? Uh, my number twelve, uh, my personal greatest of all time. I feel like I've known this man all my life, like we were kindred spirits. Uh, I'm going Tom Brady. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like it. That's what I was suggesting. We should all do Just Tom, all go Brady. Tom Brady. Oh my god! I was doing it to really kind of piss you off, but there's nobody <laughs> knocking you off the no, no, no. pedestal right there. No. Well, Everyone does Tom. Brady. I want to talk about Tom Brady. Well, early years, like twelve-year-old Tom Brady, since it's episode twelve. You know, Tom actually ate twelve Twinkies on a dare by Tommy Goodman. I did not. Yeah, that was a sleepover one night. Uh, some other strange things happened after the Twinkie fight, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I fucked up last week. I you didn't sure this. did. <laughs> it was episode eleven. I went all balls deep on Roger Staubach, who's number twelve. Neither oh, we really yeah. caught it. Yeah. yeah, I was half in the bag. Oh, no. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I just realized that hey, I got an argument. Nessa, he's like, who's your who's your number twelve? I'm like, dude, it's thirteen this week. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, uh, anyway, fuck. Fuck. Oh, well. So, anyway, congratulations to Tom Brady. Episode 12 is uh, probably a, a fitting week in this episode for the man. So, Well, Super Bowl win would be fitting. Well, yeah, but still, you know, we, we got some things to talk about, but it he does fit so well. Reannounced his presence with authority yesterday. A little bit. He yeah. just dropped his wrench right on the table. He's like, look at it. Enjoy <laughs> it. That's what did you pick? Well, I went. Uh, I went with the blonde bomber, Mr. Terry Paxton Bradshaw, member of the 1989 Hall of Fame class, four-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, NFL's most valuable player in 1978, and the first overall pick in the 1970 draft. Um, fun fact: Steelers won uh, the first pick uh, with a coin flip over the Bears. Who uh, had an identical uh, one in thirteen season in nineteen sixty nine, so I remember that fucking lucked out on that one. In fourteen seasons, uh, he played one hundred and sixty eight games, twenty seven thousand nine hundred and eighty nine yards, two hundred and twelve touchdowns, two hundred and ten interceptions, and an overall <laughs> record of one hundred and thirty two sixty eight and one. Not bad. Middle like spokesperson in the early eighties. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember that. All right, John. All right. Um, so Give it if to you us. Don't know already. I'm going with Jesus himself, <laughs> Sir Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, uh, born August third, nineteen seventy-seven. Junior. junior. Yeah, he's a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Show some respect. He is an American football quarterback of the New England Patriots. He has won five Super Bowls. He is forty-one years old. He is a four-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP, 14-time Pro Bowler. 
He has 9,375 career passing attempts, 6,004 career passing completions for a percentage of 64%. percent five hundred and seventeen the balls, Johnny. 517 <laughs> touchdowns to 171 interceptions. Rub his head. 70,514 passing yards for a rating of 97.6. Now I can get into some of his playoff statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do a whole show here. You could do a whole, whole show here. I don't so, know if we could do a whole Tom Brady and the Patriots. Tom Brady has made the AFC Championship in 13 of his 17 active years in the NFL. Bullshit. 13 I'm just, I'm just of 17. He has made the final four in the NFL. That's fucking insane. Tom Brady's passer rating in his last six playoff games. 127 point five, 95.2, 102.5, 108.4, 115.4, 106.5. That's 2,325 yards. <laughs> 14 touchdowns, Come only on one interceptions. <laughs> Let's see, what else do we John have John may here? not have a gag reflex, but he's inducing mine. <laughs> Tom Brady needs two more playoff wins to tie the 49ers' all-time total of 30. Not counting the Patriots, Tom Brady already has more postseason victories than 28 organizations. Wow. All right, I guess we can stop there for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get back to blowing Tom Brady later. Uh, uh, so, let's make our way through the weekend, boys. Um... It was a little more busy at work during the uh, during the afternoon on uh, Saturday, so I wasn't able to catch as much of the fucking beating. I had the whole day off of of the Colts um, as I wanted to, but uh, Johnny, want to lead us in? Uh, so you know we were high on the Colts all year long as a group here as a show uh, at the Green Mountain Sports Roundup, and the Colts and the Bears I think were primarily our, our teams that we could, were. I think a lot of people slept on them. We were high on throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But then this week I caught, and there's Warren Sharp on Twitter, and he had a, his strength of schedule um, deal come out for the year. And I noticed that the Colts were number one by far. And, in fact, they had had the easiest schedule in the NFL over the last three years of any team in the last three years. Oh, really? Yeah, so that kind of led me. And then seeing all the analysts – Picking the Colts this week made me think that the Chiefs were going to roll. And so going into the game, I kind of changed my tune. And, you know, I, I said, you know what, the Chiefs might have this one. Because the, the, well, you know how I said the Texans were frauds all year? Yeah. Turns well, it out. seems like the Colts were, were not far behind and fraudulent. I think the Colts have a really bright future and a strong offensive line and, you know, young some good young defense. And, yeah. But they're just not there yet. I just thought it'd be close, though. I, I just, I just thought I wouldn't think they'd go out and lay an egg and be like zero for nine on third outdoor downs games. and not move the ball. I get outdoor it, games still, had a just, big effect on them. They yeah. did not play well out outdoors right. this year, and there's something up with Luck the way he throws outdoor. He needs to be in the dome or in a good environment right now because I think he's still recovering. He he just did not look right throwing the ball the other night. They all just look off. I mean, off. I mean, Matt couldn't get going. Hilton was definitely non-existent throughout the game. Uh, I, I take our hats off to Kansas City too, because the defense actually played defense, which that can be an explosive Colts team if they get going, and they did a great job. Yeah, they shut T. Y. Stopping the run. They yeah. sh- shut T. Y. Hilton down too. T. Y. Went... Hilton has always been bad. Had a like a massive outdoor 
in a home road outdoor indoor splits and in those outdoor games he has not traditionally done well he's been a guy to avoid yeah in yeah. those situations they held him to uh four receptions for uh 60 yards it was a late garbage time touchdown yeah. too so and mac with you know nine carries 46 yards just not they just couldn't get anything going from the start they just seemed to get themselves in bad positions not like he was Luck was know, terrible. Yeah, three sacks. I mean, you know, Hitchens and Murray and Ford, all the guys on defense for the Kansas City, in that linebacking and front front four crew was just really kind of giving him a hard time and hassling the game. And kudos to the secondary for for locking up um, T. Y. Hitton and the crew as well. I mean, I just think that I didn't expect the, to see the defense played that well, and I actually actually expected Kansas City to be that much more explosive. You know, that was kind of very kind of like. Subdued kind of game, you'd say, for Mahomes. 278 yards, no TDs. Uh, Damian Williams, though, he had a game. You know, 130 yards rushing. He looked really good on the ground for them. Um, yeah, and running backs as uh, yeah. disposable razor blades. Yeah. Are, th- those are That's pretty much a thing now after this weekend. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Le'Veon Bell, he, his, contract, his next contract took a big hit this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we can I, get into most definitely fat C.J. Anderson later on. Yeah. For sure, uh, and hats off, hats off to Kelsey too because he had a great game. You know, he had a phenomenal game. Week. Oh, the cheetah too! Oh, yeah. he's so fast. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that pretty yeah, much not, covers not, it. I mean, what are you well, going to talk about? Well, much to talk about. It was, it was a snooze fest. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a shit was, game. I was, was so excited to have Saturday off, and that was the kickoff to my Saturday. You know, this game I wanted to see so much more, but it was very lackluster. You saw so many people picking the Colts this week and it just like I saw the spread was was four and a half and something was up. And I I just kind of before, like a couple days before I was like, this is not going to go the way people think here. Yeah. So 31 to 13 was the final score. The Chiefs advance. Um, And like we said, Andrew Luck looked like shit. Mahomes was okay. Um, Damian Williams... And I think the defensive line were the main stars. Justin yeah. Houston, D Ford, um, D Ford had good game. Had big days. He had a, he had a massive game. He, he was just disrupting that whole sequence. He was, he was definitely pushing and closing that pocket quick on Luck. I mean, he was he just he just never got his feet settled. He just looked so off, like you said earlier. The whole the whole game mm-hmm. was just not going. Everything was stacked against the Colts. I mean, how often do you see Adam Vinatieri miss miss a? Uh, a kick, and he missed two in this game. Charles Woodson had a good tweet during the game. He said, oh, now you miss a kick on the snow? But the Colts got a lot of look, a lot to look forward to, especially as, as Luck continues to uh, get more and more healthy. Um, and the O-line, is, they're starting to build something special there. I mean, Quentin Nelson um, is, a, is a revelation for them, and to have a rookie... Uh, you know, pro bowler star, all pro, all pro um, you know, on the, on the O line, you know, you, you gotta be pretty exceptional to, uh, to get noticed there. So uh, kudos to him and them for sure. But they got to learn to play better outdoors. Like it's one thing to be a dome team, but Hey man, open that fucking dome up. Yeah. yeah that goes half the downtown Indianapolis. I don't know if you ever driven by there. That's a, Fucking god ugly town. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about all right. All right. <laughs> all right, let's move. Let's move uh, on. Kind of let's move on to Marty's favorite game of the weekend. Uh, yeah, awesome. Well, that would be Cowboys 
going in, and I, I, I fell into it a little bit too. I fell into the jazz that this was a good draw for the Cowboys, that we could get the run game going, that we would give Ezekiel 25 to 30 touches, we'd control the clock, and we could dictate this game a little bit, and that was not it at all. That was the two-headed monster of Gurley and Anderson putting up 238 yards and three TDs on the on the Cowboys. How did that happen, Marty? Because going in, everyone, and to me and everyone talking, said it just the D- Cowboys defense looked stout. They had shut down the Saints running game. You know, the linebackers looked fast and physical. The defensive line was strong. The that Rams offensive, offensive line had been struggling. Line was just what happened? Us like we were butter. I have no Was it idea. just schemed better? I think it was just I think it was. I think they just like they said, they're just going to be fearless in this game. They're going to go right head head, smash mouth football, trust that they had the backs to do it. Lean on CJ Anderson, who has a good history with the Cowboys running against the Cowboys as well. Um, this is the worst postseason um, showing for the Dallas defense to give up that many yards to running backs. 47 ever. rush attempts. That's crazy. 47 attempts. If you told me the Rams are going to come out and run the ball 47 times before we watch this game, I, I would have called you fucking crazy. Uh, and we We did call could it, not. Who could, whoever controlled the run game was going to control yeah, this game. That's true. I mean, and 47 yards on 20 attempts for Ezekiel. <laughs> Is not going to do it. That's not what we're leaning on. We're hoping he was going to have an all-purpose game of at least 150 yards. Gallup was a bright spot for us, but that was some late-minute, you know, big big receptions for 119 yards total. I did go back and look that, uh, you know, Beasley and uh, Jarwin did miss all week long of practice. They were pretty banged up. They were not existent in these games. You could see them struggling on the field. Yeah, they just one reception each. Uh, I think the top reception was for 17 yards. That was Jarwin. Uh, it was just, you know, it was just outmanned, outcalled from the start. I mean, you could just, even though it was kind of close, or could, we were just kind of hanging around, I just, you just had that feeling that the Rams were just going to seal the deal in this game. Because the, the Rams wore them down physically. Yeah. So as the game went on, it wasn't getting better. It was only getting worse. Right. So even when the Cowboys would score... You didn't have any hope that the Cowboys would make come up and make a big stop. I mean, you would. I I was hoping that that would happen because I was kind of rooting for the Cowboys. Well, this, but they, yeah, it I mean, just they got they. It just, I you haven't seen them get physically abused like that defensively and in the all year half, long. Yeah, and in the second half you saw Prescott getting outside the pocket a little bit, stretching the plays, and it's kind of like the catch twenty two because earlier in the season he was standing in the pocket making the throws when Cooper came into to the scene. So like, oh, get away from that scheme of holding the ball and getting sacked. But I right. think we need a little bit of clever scheming with him getting outside the pocket. And now, did you see today open. Linehan's going to be back as your offensive coordinator next year? Well, like, he's Garrett, from the Garrett, freaking 90s I know. or something. And Garrett just about two hours ago retracted on that and said it's Jerry Jones' team. So really? he's not going to make that early judgment. That, But he thinks that Linehan is... is a talent for the team. No, he just he's makes not. Choke. He's not. He needs to evolve. <laughs> if you look at the final four teams that are alive this weekend, they're the top four scoring teams in the NFL. Yeah. You need and they're and they're and the way that their offense runs. So the teams you need to be able to run the ball well and creatively, um, and, but you need to be able to pass the ball on multiple levels. Yeah. You know, and and for then sure. and then be able to open up the run. You can't just. Run first and hope and open it up. Run, run, run. Because as you can see, they they just keyed on Zeke and stopped Zeke and forced Dak to try to win the game. And that's not really the way you need to win. Well, you, this is off. Offensive. They need. Yeah. They, they didn't run anything to the outside. They need either. Dak to to be more. 
RPO driven, I think. Like run pass option. Like yeah. what they do when they get inside the red zone with Dak. I, right. I think that, that that's Yeah, the misdirections and the outs, yeah. you know, in the flats and, and I, I agree to that too. Or just having the ability to read the pocket and step up two or three yards within the front of the pocket and step into it and create something. But he just falls back that all the time. Jacksonville game where they scored like forty one points. Yes. Yeah. That was the beginning like of Jacksonville's demise this year. A little bit. I mean the offense looks really good. Size. So for, that defense. for me, what, what the big problem here with the Cowboys' offense, at least, uh, was just an inability to convert on third down. They went one for ten, and, uh, you know, they just could not get anything consistently And they going. were number one in the NFL since they had acquired Amari Cooper this year. They were number one on third, third down. So to go one, in ten, one for ten in that game, I mean... They needed those, and Dak couldn't come up big. And those are big money quarterback moments. Mm-hmm. When you have a third and four or a third and seven or longer situation, right. big-time money quarterbacks make those conversions. Right. With Gallup so. coming back, with Cooper hopefully coming back, with Zeke and Dak, if you want to make him that quarterback, you have to look at that offense. This is an offense that was, I believe, 24, 25 in the league, averaging 21.2 yards on offense. That is not going to win. You can't lean back on that defense that hard every time and think you're going to get to the championship. If you can open you know, it up a little more, absolutely, and, and then you, you, you'll free up room for with Zeke. those players, you say in the back of your mind, we should be at least around a 26 to 27 point average team. Especially going against the, the defenses like the Giants especially, and the Eagles. Yeah, I was about to say, being the NFC East, for sure. So, you know, I with Garrett retracting a little bit on that, does it make me feel safe? No, because... Maybe Jerry Jones just took his hand out of his ass for a second. He had his own thought process, but you know, if any Chris, chance Lincoln Riley gets his way in there at all this year, any chance of that happening? I don't think that, that Jerry Jones convinces Lincoln Riley to step away from Oklahoma. And, not with that new contract. I think Lincoln Riley made it pretty clear by by saying he's going to stay, and I don't think anything's going to draw him away from that. Okay. Um, I don't think you know he wants to go from a program like that to going into being another puppet for for Jerry Jones as long as this man is going to make himself basically the operating GM and have his hand in everything I don't think he's ever going to let a coach have free will and free thought to create their scheme to be the Sean Paytons or the McVeighs or, or the Belichicks in the world to like really scheme and use those players to the best of their abilities I don't I don't I don't get it I really don't and I'm back to being angry I fucking hate the Cowboys Marty but they, they have, have a lot of young talent. They do. They do. And Sean Lee looks like he's going to step down and retire. Says his body's really hurting. Makes sense. He was not effective when he was in the game. You I can't know, believe he was... Van Der Esch needed to be split. in there more. I can't believe they were splitting reps between the two of them. Yeah. It's hard to get a, it's hard to get a rate as a linebacker with the rushing that many times on you and you're getting schemed left and right. right. You need some stability. Because as a linebacker, you pick up on things. Absolutely. You're going to pick up on those movements and calls on. and cadence. Uh-huh. All those things are going to make sense. Yeah. So hopefully they get that uh, intact as well. There but is, I think there Chris is bright Richard is a good come. defensive coordinator too. There is bright things to come. You know, there's bright things to come for a lot of those NFC East teams. It's going to be interesting to see how they grow if their organizations, if the owners, if the GMs let them grow. Redskins and, don't have anything bright going on. Yeah. No. They'll probably be the ones that fall off to the bottom next yeah. year, for sure. But there's a lot to watch with Foles and Wentz. The Wentz and Foles show. Oh yeah. Do you want to move on to, uh, you want to finish off with the patch, Johnny? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. This is all fluffer for the big fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll, we'll skip over to the um, 
Sunday evening game. Kind of the one exciting the best game of the week. Game of the week. Yeah, yeah it, which is funny because I I had pegged this as the uh, the the one game of the weekend that I thought was going not going to be close. I, <clears throat> I think I said uh, Saints by a mile. Um, could not have been more wrong. <laughs> Battle of the Austin Westlake as usual. Gods. Drew Brees and Nick Foles with the same eyes. How many times did we see that during the day? Oh my God! You watch a lot more sports television. I can recite I the whole freaking story <laughs> about his best friend having a heart condition. Foles' yeah. best friend and Foles and graduated in two thousand seven. Drew Brees graduated in ninety seven. I saw Foles Drew. broke his records. Foles also played basketball. I saw Drew Brees play. Uh, play oh his... my God! That that would have made a great drinking game for uh, for that game. Any anytime they say had a mention to a basketball player, you just take a drink. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like Antonio Gates played bas- played basketball too. That's another one we heard a lot of. <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, jump into that. I mean, yeah, twenty twenty to fourteen win. Um, but a complete reversal of game because yeah. the first quarter the Eagles went out fourteen nothing. So just face. a reminder: the first game this year where they played, which week was it? Week nine. Nine. They got killed. Week nine. The Super Bowl champs, the Eagles, lost 48-7 to with Wentz at quarterback. And that was the worst loss ever by a reigning Super Bowl champion uh, the following season. Right. So, you know, seeing the role that the Eagles were on in their proud team, you, I had a feeling that it would be a closer game. I didn't know if they had a chance to win. Yeah. But they came out. On fire. I mean, you know, Breeze, an interception took, right off the bat. They took a shot downfield. I kind of, I kind of commend them. Well, that's them the way to, to attack the yeah. Eagles. Yeah, is that is go at their secondary because they're young, great, injured, great and inexperienced. Yeah, that was going what, uh, to Ted Ginn. I mean, I mean, they definitely went downhill for it. I mean, um, but you know, Foles magic. He comes right out of that. Goes perfect five for five on that seventy-six yard drive to take him down the field and score. And you could tell that they just smacked them in the face a little bit and put them back on their heels. Saints were shook. Yep. They were shook, For especially sure. at fourteen nothing. They were shook and let's let's not forget they I mean, how long were the Saints resting guys? So they were they were basically coming off a two week bye. They got they had some rest. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But all the other teams, the Rams, the Rams, uh the Patriots and the Chiefs, coming off multiple week buys of unimportant games, came Look out prepared. and lit the world on fire in they, their first few drives. Straight, All of them did. They, they rested everybody. They they threw that the last game of the of the season. Sorry. Yeah, but be champions though. You got to show up. I I agree. I'm just saying they I, were the one team that me, didn't they come. Sean Payton pulling stupid shit off, like bringing money and tro- fake trophies in the locker room, trying to keep them jazz and look like a bounty focus. to me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, that cash? <laughs> he was suspended uh, a year for that bullshit. <laughs> oh, well, that's very true. I didn't think of it that way. Wait, what? That's why Bounty was, Gate? He, he Remember Bounty Greg oh, Williams right. was their defensive oh, right, coordinator right, right, years gotcha, ago? Gotcha, gotcha. Paying, Gate. paying players to go after Brett Favre and injure him? Yeah. And so then Peyton took the fall, and Peyton was suspended for a year as the coach of the Saints. So to see this week, to inspire the Saints players, um, if you reach and win the Super Bowl, you're... you're the payout, the stipend you get as a player is two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars of right. cash, in addition to the ring and you know Super Bowl well, trophy well, well. for the team. Right. But that's what you get. So, in order to kind of re-inspire his players and what they're playing for for these playoffs, he got two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in cash. Right. 
um, $225, $1,000 stacks of $1 bills, put them in a, in a glass case and put it in the middle of the locker room and said, fellas, this is what you're playing for. In addition to the Super Bowl, this, this is what you're actually playing for financially, monetarily wise. Um, but for someone who was already suspended a year for Bounty Gate, right. what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's not the smartest move in the world, but hey, he's made dumb decisions off the field in the past. Yeah. You know. A great play caller, but not 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 not, not I'm good sure about the NFL. Goodell's like, uh, yeah, sure not he a just good borrowed that out of Kamara's trunk <laughs> anyway. You know, just like, yeah, he just carried his signing bonus back in the trunk for all your life. After the first quarter, though, man, they looked sharp. So oh, they looked, let's the, talk about the, I mean, the like, play. Just, the play that changed it all was the was the going for. They were at fourth down. They were down fourteen to nothing early in the second quarter, and they were on like their own thirty-five or forty-yard yeah. line. They had fourth down and four, I think it was, and yeah. they had Taysom Hill. And they were about to punt. They were set yeah. up to punt. And there was a fake to Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill runs up the middle, gets the first down. It was a ballsy call because if they don't get it there, the Eagles have the ball in position to get more points. Yeah. So that was a ballsy call. Ballsy call. And, and that I turned think, everything. I think the Lattimore interception. You could feel the whole, uh, the whole yeah. game the, shift. You know, the defense there. changed. The I offense sh- changed. I thought that shift when falls through that interception to Lattimore in the second Okay. No, that was part of it, too. I mean, that was, I mean if, they, if they go down and score again right there, yep. that, that's huge. That was part that of it. Too. So Lattimore intercepted a deep pass to Ertz. So yeah. It was a little underthrown by Foles. But it that was, was his it, first interception. It was gutsy mm-hmm. calls. It was it was the fake punt at the thirty by uh, Tyson Hill, who's had some crazy like saves for this team all year long. He he rushed for four yards to keep it going, and then you know in the fourth quarter, uh, fourth and two to go to it, uh, Kirkwood in that misdirection for that touchdown right there. They yep. could have just gone for the field goal. And, I thought know, they should have went for the field goal. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? But then at the end of the game, they when they show they're up twenty to fourteen and they're driving, I'm like, you gotta you go for the kill here, and they played it conservative on yeah. third down, and they only needed a few yards, and they decide to run the ball instead of passing it to Michael Thomas, which was money he, all day dude, long. Michael he, Thomas was running open was all day long. Talk about postseason. Games he was the player so of the weekend, year, probably. Yeah, absolutely. And so they decided to run the ball to Ingram, and naturally Michael Bennett penetrates the middle and stuffs it, and so then he makes the field goal try even longer. It would have been a 47-yard right. attempt. It turns yeah. into a 52-yard attempt, and of course, Lutz you know how mi- things Lutz go in football. Lutz it. misses it wide right, and the door's remaining. wide open Here comes the for Bulls and the Eagles down 20-14 to 14 to right. come steal the game and win it. Eagles magic. Um, I'm but pretty then, sure Alshon is in witness protection. Yeah. After that gets through his hands. I mean, it's great to see the video uh, of the coach and also Foles getting with them after the game. And, and Wentz thanking him for saving his job. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that, was, that was hard to watch. Uh, so hard to watch. Yeah, you hate when players have to go through that. Yeah. Because you know that, you know, for us, we don't know. If he caught it, yes, it would have been a first down. And they would have been on the, what, the 17, 18-yard line. But we don't know if he would have. They would have scored. It looked like they were going to score. No, but we don't know. There were still plays it that played had to be in the made. narrative, like how, how they've the been player, doing things from the Bears to last year's Super Bowl. This was them again. Yeah, but the player themselves, set. they feel like they would have scored. Yeah. So that's why he feels it more. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that. So it was a pass to Foles. Goes right through Elshon Jeffrey's hands, right into Marshawn Lattimore's hands. You know, they catch the ball. It's two minutes to go. All they needed was one first down, which they got to end the game, and the yeah. game was over. So, fun Alshon Je- <laughs> Jeffrey was the goat. Fun stat: that was Alshon Jeffrey's first drop uh, in the playoffs ever in his career. Ouch! There you go. That's why it was surprising. 
And it was yeah. a relatively easy catch, too. It was it's right in his hands. And besides uh, right Thomas there. and Kirkwood, uh, you know, uh, Lattimore had um, more targets than any other receiver for Philly. <laughs> Two. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, this is going to be hard for me to say. Uh, hats off to the Eagles for turning that season around, which was dismal to start to even get this far. Um, and hats off to Foles again for taking them that far in the playoffs. But uh. So let's do this now, Johnny. Um, if you're the Eagles, what do you do? I think that uh, for me, I told you how I feel. I feel like there's something different with Foles running the team. I, I know that Wentz, you know, you put Foles and Wentz right next to each other and you say, which one do you want your quarterback to be? We've discussed this. We, everyone would pick Wentz, of course. He's got the stronger arm. He's, he's bigger. He's younger. more mobile. He's five years younger. You know, he's got all this upside and whatnot. And, but he's got injury problems. The team doesn't play as play functionally as well. smooth. You know, he can he, he targets Ertz a ton. He just he doesn't involve the outside yeah. passing game, the deep passing game, as much as Foles does. So the offense isn't as fluid. When Foles has come in the last two years, he's been dynamic. So what is he, 9-2 right. and two now as a starter, including four playoff wins, including don't, a Super Bowl win? Don't you think some of that is, is just um, the Eagles... One, you see this in hockey all the time because you know I gotta make I gotta make the comparison because that's what I know best. No, but where a team will pay, play better, usually more defensively sound, more better fundamentals no. in front of in front of a backup goalie than they will. It's because Foles gets the ball out quicker than uh, Carson Wentz. Car- Foles gets the ball out in um, just over two seconds flat. Wentz scrambles around, and that's why he ends up going to Ertz over the middle so many times, and he ignores the outside receivers. He doesn't trust his reads. Maybe he'll get there, and eventually he'll trust his reads, but right now Foles trusts his reads and is willing to throw the ball deep down down the field and make those plays, and he gets rid of the ball quick. So, And just about the time that Wentz was going out this season is when the defense was at its healthiest, too, Yeah, because they are hurt all early season long. They're missing a lot. Especially I mean, it was, the secondary. It was, yeah, secondary was just shuffling and shuffling. And those young guys got to play a few games together and got yeah. to improve as the games went on. So personally, I'm taking Foles. The offense looks better, and it's not a coincidence. It's not for me. It's not a coincidence. It's not them stepping up and playing better behind the backup goaltender. It's it's the system. It's just Foles is a better fit for Doug Peterson's offensive system. You know, maybe Wentz will get there one day. And Wentz isn't a bad player. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for the Eagles and their offense, I feel like Foles is the better fit. But I get it. They're going to go with Wentz. I get it. Where do you think he winds up? Foles? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I have no idea. Jacksonville. Um, I mean, you could use him in Pittsburgh, a guy like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, during that game, I, I, sent a, I sent a text to the group message saying, gee, I wish Foles was my backup quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he turns. He's not going to be a backup next year. That's for sure. No. Um, he turns thirty next Sunday, so he still has a good five, six, seven years to be an effective starter in the NFL. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him. You know, who knows about Alex Smith and the Redskins? It'd be interesting if he goes in the division. Maybe he goes to the Redskins. If he goes to AFC, maybe he goes to Jacksonville. I see him in Jacksonville. If, if Kirk Cousins that. can get paid, then Nick Foles is going to get paid. He should. He should. Especially the way he gets the ball out there quick and gets the ball down the field. And he, I just, if you have a big, big outside receivers, it really is, is a benefit to have a guy like Foles. For sure. 
get the ball downfield. Like with him and Alshon, they're a perfect match. Alshon and Wentz, you know, Alshon's almost non-existent on the field. I could also see him going to Denver. Even though they signed up Case Keenum for two years last last year. For how much though? They really locked no, him up for that cheap. much. Yeah, it was cheap. You know, bring him in, see how it goes. Gives him competition. I think he has pretty good uh, two options right there going with, with Keenum and Foles. But huh, it's gonna be interesting to watch see where he goes for sure. For sure. <clears throat> All right, so I guess it's uh, time for the main event. The forty-eight or. <laughs> Excuse me, 41 to 28. We uh, smell like they can keep scoring. They Actually, uh, Patriots just scored again. Just, just in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yet another fucking boring game that I thought was going to be very close and entertaining. Um, but it was just Tom Brady laying wood. Um, Johnny, you want to take this one away? Um, yeah, sure. <clears throat> this game was a game that many said that the Patriots didn't have much of a chance in. Um, the line the line is what gave me confidence in this one. Seeing the Patriots as minus four favorites definitely gave me a feeling of confidence in this game because the way you would think, you would have thought it was a pick'em game mm-hmm. going into the week. you know. And if it was a pick'em game, I would have been scared shitless. But the Patriots minus four were saying that, you know, all of the, the, the um, not the, the non-sharp betters, we're all going to be suckered into taking Chargers plus four because Chargers are the better team on paper and Chargers this, that. They're 9-0 and away from L.A. on the road. And, you know, they've got Rivers going to win his first Super Bowl this year, this and that. And so all the all the non-sharp betters were destined to take the Chargers plus four. And that made, gave me a little bit of confidence. But, you know, I wanted to stay positive throughout the week. And then, you know, sure enough, the game starts out and... To the point where you stopped talking to Marty. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped talking to anyone who had any negativity. I, I just, I don't need the negativity. I'm trying to enjoy the ride. You know, I don't dog you, you guys as teams. You know, I root for the Cowboys when it doesn't affect the Patriots. I root for your Steelers when it doesn't affect the Patriots. But yet I always get shit from you guys about my Patriots. But yeah, also, you, you guys explain send, yourselves. But you, you just send us nothing eight. but nothing but nothing but... Oh, here we go. Here we, we're going to do it. I mean, I get it. You're getting pumped up for it. But Th- at one 13 point of the last team, 17 yeah. AFC championship yeah. games, John, go fuck yourself. Yeah. We are allowed like, to talk shit on the Patriots. Like, have a little to stand in for a couple of bitter motherfuckers who are your friends. I'm sorry, sir. I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings. No, but well, it, this is what you get. You get, to, you get to enjoy the Patriots, put up the most impressive game any team has put together this far this season in the whole league, so... It was the most dominating performance any team has put up so of far this year. a good team, yeah. It was... The first half, there was unbelievable. It was just precision. It was, it was surgical. They were so calm, cool, collected, and they were they were just ready to go out there. And they just, they looked relaxed, but they were like, you know, just, they had a precision to them. The game was called fantastically. They had 24 first downs in the first half. How can you take this organization, this team for granted and just kind of come in and just lay down? I didn't say in the Chargers. They didn't lay down, down. but, but they, they didn't change their scheme. Yeah, the they cover just, three like, scheme. They just believe that they could. They're better. They could shut this team down. You had to have something to back yourself up with in this game. They just seemed like, well, we're fucked. We play, There's we no play way we can three. stop them. We're, we're we good. play cover three with six or seven yeah. D backs, and yeah. that's just the way it is. And they didn't Nothing change it up. Nothing changed at all. Well, well and I thought it all. The, the tone was set by the offensive line and the defensive line. 
then the off and that's the thing. The Patriots are seen as a team with no talent, which it's stupid, and it's stupid because it's from people who just don't know football. If you follow Pro Football Focus and you look at their ratings all year long, you see that guys like Stephon Gilmore is the number one corner, Trey Flowers on the defensive line is the number three D end rusher, Shaq Mason and uh, David Andrews are some of the best offensive linemen in the league this year. You know, Jason you know Cordy was the number seven cornerback. Devin Cordy is fantastic at safety. They have talent. It's because we're so used to them winning. When they lose, we focus on the games they lose and the mistakes they make, and we just overly focus on that because it's such a rare thing. Here's my opinion of the regular it. season, okay? Here's what I think happens. So they have spent years going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. So what is it? Uh, three of the last five years they've either been to or won the Super Bowl. Is that what it is? So one last last two, three of the last four years, they've either won the Super Bowl or been to the Super Bowl. Right. They have to play all these extra games. They lose the Super Bowl last year. They're crushed. So I think when they went on the road this year and they played some of the teams that weren't up to par, like the, the Detroit's where they lost, the Miami, the Tennessee, the Jacksonville, not Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh was a hangover from the Miami game. But some of those other teams, they just didn't get up for it. And you can yeah. see that from teams in sports that are really good, just don't rise up to the level in those games where it's the other team's Super Bowl. And you saw that because those teams that beat the Patriots this year, the next week, they all lost the next week. So they all got up for the game where the Patriots were kind of like, whatever. And I feel like they kind of slept walk through this entire regular season. You know, they they did enough to get 11-5. and You know, it should have been 12-4 and if they didn't have that Miami miracle play at the end of the game. So they would have been 12-4, and which is normally where they always are. And they would have been the number one seed. But they lost that game, so they finished 11-5. and five, But I feel like they kind of sleptwalked through the regular season. But in the final game, the two up against the, the Jets, they had Brady looked unbelievable. They looked really good. The mm-hmm. week before that, they had ran for 250-plus rushing yards against the Bills. So they set up their rushing offensive game plan in that game. Then they set up their passing game plan for the playoffs in Week 17 against the Jets so that they were ready to go on whatever they wanted to do in the playoffs. And that's the thing about the Patriots. They're like chameleons. They can morph into whatever they need to do in, in, the, in the middle of a game. So you saw that in this game. Whatever they needed to do, whether it was start out the game passing the running backs on the first drive, Brady was 7 of 8 passing the ball. He had five completions to, to James White. They take the ball first, which is we something said, they never do after they win I the coin that. toss. They said James White had to get in the game. They said what they, they usually like to score before halftime, get the ball right after halftime. That's yeah. the way they usually do it so they can get the double up. No, this time they were sending a message. They were taking the ball, they were controlling the clock, and they were going to send a message to the Chargers, and that's exactly what they did. You know, Like I said, Brady 7 of 8, James White 5 catches, Sonny Michelle caps it off with a touchdown at the end. Chargers get a touchdown on the next drive because Stephon Gilmore peeked inside. I think Keelan Allen yeah. was going to cut inside, and he beats him on a double route for a touchdown. But after that, it was all Patriots. They just curb stomped that ass, and it was fun to watch because, like I said, it was just the precision of the offense, you know, the the, pa- the pass plays, setting up the run, and then the run, yeah. and Sonny Michelle was dominant. Edelman oh, was clutch all game long. Edelman, like, who, he just... Whenever you see a big. cover three defensive game plan like that, you're going to see a James it. White game plan, yeah, a James and, and White Edelman game, and an Edelman slicing game. in the middle. Sonny Michelle had a great season in general. I mean... Only behind Saquon Barkley for uh, rookie rushers. But right? he sucks and blows, according to local Boston sports <clears throat> personalities. He sucks and blows. Gronk's last game in uh, Foxborough was this past weekend? I mean, his comment after the game yesterday was, I'm all in right now. I don't know what that means, right, but yeah. I, I would say probably. Right now. I'm all in right now. There's I mean, a like lot of good tight ends in this draft. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. 
But uh, they have 12 draft picks coming up in this next draft. Six in the first three rounds. So if you want to get the Patriots, you better get them now because they're just going to retool next year with cap space and draft picks. So something that I that I saw a lot of in, um, you know, the game against Pittsburgh, which I think wound up costing them, uh, and and saw a little bit of that again in uh, in this game was penalties. Uh, they had nine of them, uh, given up about seventy five yards on penalties. Patriots did. Mm-hmm. They had nine penalties. In nine this game? penalties for seventy five. Well, I feel yards. like after halftime was pretty. I mean, I feel like they were well tuned before half, and after halftime, just got loose. It was. It's just, hard to stay. They in were just it running the clock out. When you could see they were very conservative in the points. second half. I also failed to mention that Tom, it was reported that Tom Brady was playing on a sprained MCL, an injury players usually miss two to four weeks with a couple weeks ago. So when they lost the Miami game and Pittsburgh, he was playing on a sprained MCL. Playing right through it, didn't mention anything of it, but he's healthy now. And he looked it in that game. He, had mm-hmm. his, he brought in his quarterback guru, uh, Tom House, in on the bye week to help him retool his mechanics, and, and he looked... He looked as good as... He's a machine, dude. He's just a... That's what he looked like, a machine. He's a machine. He's an absolute playoff machine. This is when he steps up. This is... He just accepts the role. He wants to be, you know, the underdog in a lot of ways, in people's minds. This is the year he's he's not going to take them all the way, and he just every year steps up and proves them wrong. So I, I, you know, not to jump into the AFC Championship game, but I am looking forward to, to this matchup. For it's sure. a problem. It, it's a problem, and I'm a little concerned, but I'm taking it today to celebrate and enjoy the yeah. win. Because for me, I like I said, I want to enjoy it, and just getting to the Final Four for the 13th time in 17 years, that's something I can enjoy. Eighth time in a row. Eighth time it's in a row. It's just going to be another... And it's something, but it's something... They're go- the line gives me hope because the Chiefs should be more than a three-point favorite at Arrowhead. Well, absolutely. Why I, is I it think, only three? Well, I think you got to go this, off this, this performance. I mean, the Chargers gave KC hell in the, in the two games, division games that they had this year, and the Patriots beat KC at home. Granted, it is at home, but the fact is is that you come off that, that defeat with the Chargers like you did. You stomped their ass straight in the ground, left no evidence, and walked away like it was just nothing. These guys manhandled them, so I think Vegas is just protecting themselves right now. They know it's going to be. Mm, I think that line should be six for me. Do you think so? Yeah. Wow. I do. Okay. Yeah, because the, the Chiefs are they're a different team what's at, the Arrow, over, at Arrowhead. What's the over and under? We have to see that fucking Mahomes. 57. Throwing that, that fucking sidearm pass. Kermit the Frog. Replace yeah. Kermit the Frog this week. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna kill me if he if he wins, but he might. It, I mean, the Patriots have never played well at Arrowhead. They're one and four. This is at what Arrowhead. I hate about the media, though, because there's nothing wrong with this kid. He's having a great year, but they just they love him. They, they love him to the point where now I hate him. Well, it's just like anything. If you're if you remember the day before, you know, having our iPods or you know you know satellite radio that we had to listen to the same radio station on a loop and play the same stupid like number one hit over and over again. Yeah. That originally you liked it, but now you hate it. Does you not remind you of Steph Curry? A little bit, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, and not the media just, fell not in just, love with him, yeah. and now you fucking hate him. Well, I don't fucking hate him. I fucking hate him. Well, I of expect you, you to fucking hate him. I just, I hate, I hate the flavor of the month. I hate the flavor of the month. I hate it. He's had the flavor of the year, pretty much. Oh, I mean, whatever. just because yeah, he lost you were... to your your Patriots, the kid has had a hell of a year. You he, haven't he, given he's him his good all year. I'm not, I, but I don't like him. I just, I don't like him. So I don't like the flash and dash. You're, you're 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, and everybody's sticking a camera in their face and endorsements landing in your lap, and you're like, wait, stop, guys. 
because some fans who are not Kansas City fans might start hating me. So I really just need to be off camera for a little he bit. He could go about it differently. He could, he's soaking it all in there. He's who? soaking it all he is. in. Of course wouldn't, he is. But Tom this, Brady wouldn't. Tom Brady. This is not, yeah, this is not the same football Tom Brady he's walked into. Tom Brad. Tom Brady yeah. wouldn't. And Tom Brady doesn't need a goddamn other scent to his name. His wife makes twice as much as he does. Yeah. Tom Brady wouldn't. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't do any media. He didn't do any of the Peyton Manning shenanigans for That's his first he was five a, years. He was a fucking sixth round pick. He was a three time Super Bowl champion before he was twenty five. That's I get it. But it's also in the organization that I mean, there's a lot of factors here. But these kids are having the world. I mean, it's just not the same anymore with the media, with sports icons, with Hollywood. I mean, L.A. It's just all different now with endorsements and, and how you how you basically market yourself. No, I just don't like them. <laughs> You're not going to change my mind. I don't like them. <laughs> no reason to shit on the kid. If he beats you next week, shit all over him. That's no, fine. no, I no, I'm, I'm, and you know what? He's supposed to be this, so. You know, you, like I'm trying to get my mind right you, just for you that. Want, you want the fucking tall, white, bad knees general going in and riding one more time over the flashy hot kid and a six-shooter. Yeah. I get it. This is, this is the showdown. And you now I'm getting nervous. Like this now I'm getting nervous. <laughs> like, I don't like it. This game should be in Foxborough, god damn it. If the Miami Miracle doesn't happen, this game is in Foxborough hey. and Mahomes doesn't stand a chance. Scheduled loss. That Miami game is just gonna, it killed it's us. Gonna haunt you for and a they while. couldn't recover in time for the Steelers the next week. And yeah, that, the Steelers Steelers made that happen too. Yeah. I don't know. And just, so just enjoy game, just enjoy it right now. And I apologize again, Johnny. I hurt your feelings this week. Just don't need the negativity. <laughs> Oh my god! So uh, while I gotta look up this text, while we're getting into it, let's just keep getting into it. Um, looking ahead to the conference championships, um, we have obviously the Patriots heading into Arrowhead to face uh, the number one seed Chiefs, and then we have uh, another uh, two at one matchup with the Rams heading uh, into the Dome. To play the Saints. Um, the lines on both of these games surprised the shit out of me. Because the Saints at home, they beat the Rams 45-35. You got Drew Brees who doesn't lose at home against Jared Goff coming on the road, young and experienced. And the Ram and the, the Saints are only a three-point favorite. What's up with that? What's up with that? I don't know. So so and then the same thing. You follow these, in the you AFC, follow these trends. Uh, the Patriots the are only a three-point dog. What's up with that? Like, these teams should be five, six-point favorites. So it's it's telling me something fucked up's going to happen. Both these one seeds aren't going to win. One of them is going one down. One of them go. Because peop, the betters can't just be like, you know, because it's almost a, a free bet, a pick and bet when you have it on three. Because if right. it lands on three, it's a push bet. So, you know, all the stupid, un, unsharp betters are just will take the number one seeds at home and be like, okay, give me the Chiefs, the Chiefs yeah. and the Saints. Fucking... Take them straight up, parlay them, do whatever you want to them. But it's not going to go down like that. It's not. One of them's going down. Well, but trying to figure out who. We know, we know it's one you want. I mean, obviously. But. All right, I may know. But like I said, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. not going to be easy. Patriots are 1-4 and four at Arrowhead. you got to be scratching your head as, as a Saints team right now with how L.A. came out against Dallas and how they established that run game and how they did it. So Rankins I, is out. I, I yeah, I think the scheming for them is going to be a lot harder than the Rams. 
Rankins is out for the Saints. Yeah. Sheldon Rankins tore yeah. his Achilles. That's huge. Huge. That's huge like loss. Fletcher Cox on the yeah. defensive line. Aaron so, Donald. You know. That's like I, losing hit that. Man. I mean, we're going to jump into this game first and leave the Patriots for last. I, I don't just kind of doing both. Yeah. yeah. Kinda, I mean, let me talk about it. But I, I think. I still, I still think the Saints take this game. Well, I mean, I think everyone does. Yeah. But there's something up with that line. I know. Can they repeat that? Can they can can the Rams control the clock? Can they run for let's say let's be generous. I mean let's be, let's scale it back from 270 yards of that ass whipping they put on Dallas. But can they establish a 160 to 180 yard run game? They have to. With that two headed state. Because Goff, I, I, in my opinion, Goff isn't going to be that guy slinging it on the road, right? Or is he? He could. I mean, these are two. Fucking great minds as coaches going at this, and you, know, and you expected them to thro- call it a great game. What kind of game? You see what I'm saying, though, I know, right? I know, I know, I get it. You see I, what I'm saying? How the everyone's going to try to pick the Chiefs and right, the Saints, right? Something's something's messed up here. The, the lines should not be both three. Well, let me ask you this. I just don't know how how these games how, are gonna, how that's going to play out. Right? Who do you guys think is more likely to pull off the upset? Patriots. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Belichick I'd be, Brady. I'd be inclined to I'm, but I might have my bias, my glasses, my rose-colored glasses on. I have Patriots-colored glasses. I don't know. So you guys answer that question. I think we both. I agree. mean, both both are tough stadiums going into and play. We you know what Superdome is like to go in there and try to win a game. It's going to be electric in there. The fans know how to play that that scene well. Golf has shown in a couple of big games that he does get rattled. He he does make a couple errant, errant you know errant passes here and there. For Chiefs are known for to fuck things aunties. up. And that's Chiefs, been their their history. The Andy, Andy Reid special. Yeah. Andy Reid special. Off the right. bye week, he's great. But AFC divisional championship exactly doesn't off show the up. bye week. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Right. How is he now? Wow, oh, man. I mean, and, and is it does it help the Patriots that it's the second time they get to see Mahomes? I think so. I think so. I mean, you you always want to go in knowing like you you did your job the first time around and you play off that. Well, they allowed forty points and he was they scored thirty one points in the final ten minutes again in that game. Patriots won forty three forty, but they the Chiefs put the hardcore press on at the end. And the Patriots needed a last second field goal to to win. But I think the way that they they went into that game, the Patriots were getting ahead early, twenty one to six or twenty four to nine in the first half was is how. You're gonna to want to go into this game if you're the Patriots to try right. to, you know, put the doubt in the minds of the Chiefs and try to hold on. Although in this last game we did we did see what we hadn't seen up until that point, and that's uh, the the Chiefs somehow grew a defense. The the sacks. They're, so they're number one in sacks in the NFL, which happens if you're if you're if the team's other team, your opponent's always passing against you the entire game. You just you know you pin your ears back and you get a lot of sacks. But you're right, Justin Houston. Chris Jones, D. Ford, they're a problem, but the Patriots' offensive line has proven that they're a problem too now. But can they communicate in the noise and in the outside in the cold at Arrowhead to to protect Tom Brady? Can they prevent that rush up the middle? Mm-hmm. You know, they they were able to to keep Ingram and Joey Bosa at bay, but right. those are two outside guys. Uh, Chris Jones comes from up the middle, and so does D. Ford. So can David Andrews and uh, Shaq Mason? Can they protect up the middle? I mean, I think they can. You know. Tom Brady get it out quick enough, you know, and they, and they don't play the they don't play the cover three like the like the uh, Chargers do. They play more right. man. So the Patriots are going to need to beat their man to get open. 
I think with with White and Edelman, just like with the Chargers, I, I think you keep them off balance. There are a lot of misdirections, so they're just not coming in quick. It's going to buy you time. I think you need to. Co- I think Dorsett needs to have a game. Yes, and Hogan. Yeah. And Gronk. You need, you need to play the outside. Just as I mean, Gronk needs wait, to Gronk come back. Gronk had one reception this last game? Well, it's expected I mean, against the cover three defense, yeah. especially with <clears> Derwin James. He did a lot James. of blocking. Derwin James was all right. over him. He yeah. did a lot of blocking. Um, yeah, and blocking too. You're right. And did the Patriots want to run the ball and keep the ball away from Mahomes? They they did they did, were able to do that in the first game they played. It was, you know, kind of keep it away from him until the second half, you know, when, they, when the Chiefs scored 31 points in 10 minutes against him. So I think that's one thing the Patriots are going to want to do is try to run it and try to keep those pass rushers at bay by running at them. I think with the experience, them who love being the Patriots who love to embrace the underdog position, even though they're not the underdog, they're just the two seed coming in. No, they're but, the underdog because everyone yeah. said it was over, man. Everyone I, well, declared I, it over last week. I get week. it. I get it. We're going to let you have that moment to just get them all back. But I, I think if you're talking about who's the one who's going to upset the one seed and move on, calling off your Vegas lines right here that creates that disparity in your mind is that I think it's the Patriots in, in my mind. They have more experience. They're going to deal with the fact if they get down early, they're going to rise to the occasion where I feel like if you get up early on the Rams, that Goff starts slinging it, he's going to make some mistakes. One-dimensional. Yep, yeah, pretty much. You don't. They don't want that. No, not at all. So, Who do you like better, like just as a team that you're rooting for? Like who are you rooting for, the Saints or the Rams? I personally want to see the Rams go. I mean, I, I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. I mean, I've actually followed this guy since high school, growing right, right outside of Austin when he was in, yeah. you know, I, I was teaching, and he, he was a high school fucking phenom. Yeah. So I, I've known this kid's career for a long time. That kid, Jesus, he's a man. He's just as old as I am. But anyway. He's like uh, 65. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him a kid. But, it, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, I. I just want to see something new coming out of the NFC. You know, I want to see something happen that's not, I'm sorry, and I only say this once to you because I just want to see something different than the Patriots. I'm ready for that to happen. But as a friend. It's almost over. Take, take, a, yeah, I'm telling you, take, it's take it away. Over. Take it away. I have no team. I have no personal involvement in any of these teams. And I wouldn't mind seeing the Patriots win again as a friend to you to see you have that moment because it means nothing to me right now with Dallas out. Um, but it. I'd like to see the Rams out of this game go on to the Super Bowl. Um, but it'd be classic to see Breeze and yeah, those two go I out. Know, though, but too. you're right. I hate. I, I'm not liking the Saints. The whole like club Saints thing. Yeah. they feel too uh, thuggery for me. Like I really <laughs> the ski yeah. mass. I don't get all this yeah, that shit, too. Man. Like Kamara and Ingram with the the all joint right. press conferences after the game with the ski masks on. Like, if you're gonna be so on top of what players wear to and from the games and how they show up for the games because it came of these rules of basketball and football. You have to be in a suit. You got to mm-hmm. look professional. And then step in and cut this bullshit out because it's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. It makes the NFL look bad. Well, yeah. they're all thugs. I mean, not all thugs. There's a majority of thug. thug right, you think Drew Brees is in there? I mean, he was in a video a couple weeks ago doing the motorcycle. I know, but still doing your game room speeches and parties and looked like a fucking nightclub in there and everybody's going wilding out just the like, smoke and everything it's like it's like this philosophy that this is how we have to cater the young kids in I this know. league today and I'm just like no teach them how to be professionals yeah oh, I agree go shower celebrate shake each other's hand and say hey we got another game to play next week let's celebrate for 15 minutes drink some champagne and move on I just don't get I don't, it I don't get all of the I, I all feel the like rap drops 
Well, I'm not even just that, you know, but the um so the really cel- right there, the rap drops. Celebrating before you win anything. That doesn't make sense to me. That feels like Oh, here we go with the hockey again. Well not not even just that, but if <laughs> it feels like it feels like bad luck. You know what yeah, I mean? Celebrating too early. It's like you wait till you win and then you celebrate and then you let you know <clears throat> four weeks of, of pent up pain and excitement and look anticipation. Look at the Patriots locker room. Like, like here we go up. again. But look at the Patriots locker room afterwards. It's it's good job, gentlemen. Congratulations. That's that. We're moving on to Kansas City this next week. Yeah. It's not like let's go back Woo! to Tom's house for some crazy tofu. <laughs> <laughs> We apologize for that noise Johnny just made. Holy fucking shit. Did you know out loud? Yeah, that was loud. Blood coming from the <laughs> You don't see my like eyeballs bleeding right now? Oh my god. Alright. Well, so the 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 as as a podcast we officially picked uh Pat Saints. Right. Uh, coming out of this round. So it sounds like we're leaning that way, although uh, you do think that there is going to be um, the one, the one, two, the one upset. So, uh, well, and that thanks, would, that would be the, give you that. right, exactly. That would give you that. So you heard it here first. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, and while we do that, you guys can enjoy our new segment, uh, Clip of the Week. So, uh, We'll see you guys on the other side. Well, you mentioned it, your eighth straight AFC championship game, and it's a rematch against Kansas City. This time, though, in Arrowhead. What can we expect from that one? It'll be a good game. They're a good team, and uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know, everyone thinks we suck and, <laughs> you know, can't win any games, so we'll see. It'll be fun. I was waiting for you to mention that. Thanks a lot, and good right. luck. We'll see Thank you next week. All right, and we're back. Johnny? All right, well, let me just... I love that comment from Brady because it shows that they do pay attention to all the outside noise. And there was a lot of it this past week declaring... Well, this whole season, declaring that the dynasty's over and this is going to be end. A lot of wishful thinking from all the media types on TV and on the radio and whatnot. And, you know, there was no shortage of it. It was everywhere you looked. And it was hard for me to avoid because I'm trying to avoid the negativity... All week long. So let, let's just start with Max Kellerman, the most notorious of the bunch. Uh, this is what Mr. Mad Max said this week, or last week before the Patriots-Chargers game. He said, I'll say this, of the remaining QBs in the AFC, Brady's dead last. I'd rather have Phillip Rivers. I'd rather have Mahomes. I'd rather have Andrew Luck right now over Tom Brady. Well, Brady finished with the highest rating of all the QBs this weekend with a 106.5 rating. Luck was a puddle. Rivers not ready for prime time again, and Mahomes was nowhere near the level TB12 was this week. <clears throat> Stephen A. Smith, his partner, also finds himself wrong after Sunday's outcome at Gillette. I'm going with the Chargers in this particular game for a bevy of reasons, said Stephen A. Number Reason number one, I don't trust the Patriots from what I'm seeing. Top five offense, fourth in points, top seven defense overall, but they bend a lot. 21st in yards allowed. 22 against the pass and the health of Gronkowski. He says he's ready. I'm not so sure. Julian Edelman doesn't look the same. He's been a roller coaster ride since the four game suspension. Well, the offense put up 35 points in the first half, and the defense only bent once, and the game was out of LA's reach. Edelman had nine catches for 151 yards and was Brady's target of choice other than James White out of the backfield. Next. Er- 
earlier this month. Uh, Colin Cowherd. You know, everyone knows Cow- Colin Cowherd in the herd. He picked Andrew Luck over Brady in his quarterback face game. He even had Luck beating Saints QB Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. Fox Sport 1's Nick Wright predicted this Patriots Chargers game to be the ultimate end to everything. I think this weekend, this game most notably, is going to be looked at as the game we circle as oh, that was when this dynastic Brady Belichick run ended, opined Wright. A home loss in their first playoff game against a team that's never beat them in the worst year Brady's had in a decade and the worst year this Pats team has had in a decade. Noted anti-Patriots analyst Shannon Sharp picked the Chargers to beat the Patriots because they are the better team. He went on to predict that Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, both defensive ends of the Chargers, would create a pass rush good enough to stymie the Patriots' offense. Obviously, that didn't happen. Earlier this week, Sharp also came under fire for criticizing Brady's comments to Mutt and Callahan on WEEI that when Brady said he was up all night watching game film of the Chargers. And now for the grand finale, there's Rob Parker. Like Max Kellerman, Parker has become synonymous with anti-Patriots rhetoric over the last few years. To nobody's surprise, Parker picked the Chargers. Of course the Chargers are going to win this. 24-17. And I say of course because of what they do when they go on the road, said Parker. He went on to give more reasoning for his pick and, per usual, found a way to take a dig at Brady. I want to talk body of work this year, he said. For Tom Brady, his body of work this year, everybody can fudge the numbers and talk about it, but this is not the same Tom Brady of a year ago when he was in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady used to be the greatest makeup in the NFL, cover up all the warts. The New England Patriots are the wicked witch of the West. Warts and all, Tom Brady will not be able to cover them up this time. During the game, Parker was salty as ever. Pat's winning without Brady. Be honest. Thank God for that running game. Brady will finish with one TV, TD, and 250 yards. Hashtag hardly impressive. Well, Brady finished with 34. Pass is completed out of 44 for 343 yards and a touchdown. Parker was only off by about 100 yards. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not forget the most uh, scathing and hurtful, personally to you, uh, commentary on the Patriots, Marty. Uh, I, Johnny, I f- texted. I feel a shift in the wind, and we want nothing more. When, we want nothing when it comes to the Patriot arrogance that comes in the postseason. I guess contenders should just throw in the towel and not believe. Emoji, giving you the finger side. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's me when Johnny didn't talk. With, Johnny didn't talk to me until basically today. <laughs> He did get me socks, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was before. That was before. It's like, I drove back to Mass. I drove back to the garden and got a refund. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Good, times. Good times. Oh, I just, I love the hate. I, I, I don't like the hate, but, I mean, obviously it's fueling the Patriots. And they're using it this year, and it's not something they've been able to use for a long time. It only comes with success. Nobody hates on somebody who's no, that's not a threat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but these guys, they've been... A lot of these same guys have been hating on the Patriots since 2014. Kind of goes back to that 2014 game where they lost that Chiefs Monday night game, 41-14. Everyone said the Patriots dynasty was done then. They've been yeah. to three Super Bowls and won two since. So. But, you know, let's say we do this for years upon years and we're not necessarily Patriots fans and we feel like we're always stuck talking about it. You want something new, it happens. We get tired of talking about Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State. Because it seemed to be happening and happening and happening. Yeah. I mean, the narrative gets old sometimes for a lot of people, but I understand. Like, it, I, it, I but, but take that in success in a lot of way. 
I don't know much about basketball, but I know the Cavaliers aren't fucking making it this year. <laughs> they just won their ninth game. Know. The oh my god, I'm going to give you a star next year. Well, it's, here's my thing. You know, eventually they're going to be right, right? Because time is going to but that it is going to come to an end. But that doesn't make them right when it finally just, comes exactly. because they say it, but they will own it. Exactly. Like Stephen A. Smith it's of the world so will be like, It's so frustrating. It. It's like, enough is enough, guys. Like, can we just appreciate the greatness? And no, they can't. They have to predict when it's going to end, which is... Every week, seemingly. That Stephen A. Smith graphic didn't age very well. Oh, he's, my God. He's got Andrew Luck at the top of the list. And <laughs> I know. Right. His top five quarterbacks. Mahomes. Yeah. And, and comes out on what everybody Phil knew. Rivers. Yeah. And comes out this week after the Dallas loss on his Twitter just laughing videos. I oh, I know. Fucking, like, grow You must really hate him. <laughs> never liked him. Yeah. Never liked him whatsoever. <laughs> Him and Skip Bayless can. But these are the options for shows that we have. You know, these guys are all on their different shows, and this is what we have as sports fans to watch as shows during the day, and it's frustrating because. And that's why he, we here at GMSR are offering you an alternative. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to some more uh, sports. Oh, should news? we talk about uh, what happened last week while we were doing our show? The yes, yes, the college championship. Game. Yeah. Clemson pulling it off, but not just pulling it off, like spanking the shit out of Alabama. I love Trevor Alabama. Lawrence. What's that? I love Trevor Lawrence. He's dirty. Like, I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I love Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, what's going to happen is the media is going to get their paws all over him, you know, and he's going to be the next great big thing, and he's going to make me, they're going to make me hate him eventually. Yeah. Even unless he's on the Patriots. He'll go to the Jets. <laughs> He's got to play this another year. This is what year. the media He's does. It's player. just so frustrating. So my plan is that in a couple of years, you know, let's say, so Trevor Lawrence can't come out for not next year or the year after. He has to stay in the college for two more years. He can come out after his junior season. Yeah. So the Patriots will go 0-16 in two years, and they'll get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence as Brady's <laughs> replacement. That's my plan. That's your plan. That's my plan. He's, he's, he's already sent it off to Belichick. Yeah. It's... It, it goes straight to Belichick's desk. Yeah. This is yeah. John Downing. He's got, he's got the uh, the, <laughs> the bat phone ready to go. That's the plan. Oh, man, but Clemson's upside. They're going to be the dominant out of that for sure. But trick can, so that's the trick. Can, I remember, well, anyway, Peyton Manning's a bad you know. example. We could, but he, his best year was his freshman year, wasn't it? Like he was the, and then, but he had a great career. So this is a bad example. I should just turn around on that one and this stop right now. This kid's a beast. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, looking at him from just a, a quick viewpoint, he looks like long and lean and kind of skinny. But he's tall. You understand this kid is nineteen years old. Six six. Huge hands. Yeah. You know. So I mean, the scouts are already salivating over this kid. Oh, big time. They're saying you know, if he came out now, he'd be the number one pick. Which you know we could talk about all night long about these other bowl games that have no significance and you don't even get to see half the stars who got you to these bowls. But that's justified because look at Jalen Smith with the Cowboys. Well, I know. I mean, it's definitely justified, and this is why they need to clean this up, go to at least an eight seed, and give these teams like UCF and other teams who are around the cusp of like being involved in the national championship an opportunity to be there and create a little bit more drama to what is a lackluster of a tournament, in my mind, being NCAA football. National chat. I mean, it's all marketing. We know this. Pac-12 never they gets a team shove, in there. Yeah, absolutely. There's just yeah. no opportunities for a lot of these teams to get in there. Um, you, UT winning. That was huge. Thank you. They beat Georgia. Want to just kind of give a shout-out to those guys. That was impressive. Yeah. They played well. They stepped up. That was a great game to see. 
but yeah, not to take up too much time, but congrats, congratulations to the Clemson Tigers and uh, congratulations to Syracuse for upsetting Duke tonight. Uh, knocking them off. That's Johnny. That means uh, Tennessee is going to be number one most likely. Speaking of upsetting, um, we just finished the Celtics game. Oh God. I know that's the big sigh. Like, what do we even say? So last week, a week ago, they had beaten the Nets. They looked good while I was at the game. I had good seats, and you know, I you get to watch the offense look good. It started to look like they were playing cohesive basketball. And then they had their biggest, best win of the year, a big game Wednesday night against the Pacers at home, a team that was in the four seed right in front of them. Yeah. You know, so and they stomped them. Balanced. Balanced. It was one thirty five to one oh eight. Balanced minutes, balanced scoring for your top five, you know, Morris and Rozier had you know, put in their their two cents off the bench. Team looked great. Smart was last week hitting threes. He's getting better, but still. So it was finals back on. Yeah. It was finals back on. We're fixed. We're good to go. And then we turn around and get our ass get on a by plane. Miami Heat. We get on a plane, go to Miami, and then it's worse than ever now. So in the Miami game, there's a shoving match between Marcus Morris shoving uh, Jalen Brown after Jalen Brown doesn't hustle back after he missed a layup. His guy goes down there. to the other yeah. court and hits a, hits a layup, and Marcus Morris is like, what the fuck, Jalen? That's your guy. Get back. Jalen Brown says, shut the fuck up, Morris. Morris shoves him. That's on video, and the video also shows Gordon Hayward off in the corner by himself, away from the huddle of the team, <laughs> picking the earwax out of his ear. You know, so the Celtics lose that game in Miami, a game they shouldn't yeah. have lost. The next night they have to play in Orlando, a team that's even worse than Miami. They right. should beat. And it, another uninspiring performance. Um, they're down by two late with 2.9 seconds to go. Hayward is inbounding the ball. It's supposed to go to Kyrie. You saw Kyrie talking to Stevens in the huddle. Uh, you see Kyrie over by center court. You know yep. he's about to go get into his move to get the ball from right. Hayward, and uh, Hayward doesn't even look at him. Throws the ball into Tatum down low. Tatum doesn't pass. Just turns around, and shoots it. Hit that corner three, and he didn't have any room to shoot. Right. right, and he misses the shot. Of course, Kyrie puts his hands up like, "What, what are you fuck? doing? What the fuck is going on here?" You know, after the game, well, all the players had showered and dressed and left. Kyrie was still in his uh, uniform, sitting in his locker for another 25, 30 minutes. Thinking about New York. He gave a really long post-game press conference about like, how, how much it means to him and how it doesn't mean doesn't seem to mean as much to the rest of the team. And it seems like he's on his way out because it was announced yesterday that he wouldn't be playing in the game tonight yeah. again at Brooklyn for whatever reason. Who knows? But, you know, it's not surprising that after what happened the other night at the end of the game, Kyrie doesn't get the ball, he's pissed off, and now he doesn't want to play. I would what I don't know what's happening, but there's it, it's a, a mess. Of, there's a lot of bruised egos, way too fast budding egos coming off, like talking about Brown and Tatum. Yes, you had great years, like you mentioned earlier. We we're talking earlier about this off the air about how Kobe got in with Tatum in the off season. That could be a bad thing. Um, not to say that's necessarily the truth. It's not a diss on Kobe, but like if a if a guy's buying in that he should be the star of the team, there's Kyrie, and it just feels like. And I just told you, like they get in these half court sets sometimes, and they feel like at the ball or the or the set's not going through them. It's almost like a receiver, a really hot headed receiver who is away from the ball and the play's not going to him. He doesn't even make a move off the line. These right. guys are just not Randy moving. Moss, yeah. yeah, just stagnant and just sits there. And they get in this last five seconds where they got to force up a shot, 
they're out of balance, they don't get back on D, and it just predicates to them to losing, which has been a consistent thing. Their best the games road. this year, it's been proven, their best games are when they average like 310 to 320 passes a game, yeah. which is above their average of just 290 passes a game. Yeah. So when the ball is moving, it's proven that they're a better team. But for some reason or another, it's it doesn't move sometimes. And this is a thing last year where, you know, Smart, Rozier, Tatum, Brown all stepped up with Kyrie out. Haywood didn't hurt all season long. And I feel, I feel like they all feel like they earned their right to have the chance to be the guy. And you now there's a shift in let's get Hayward involved and see how to work a system around him. Let's see, you know, get all the touches through Kyrie. It's going to start through him. It probably needs to end through him. And there's just a lot of fucking bruised egos that are not just playing hard 41 minutes a game. Kyrie's clearly the best player. Choosing. You can see that when you're like, I, like when you're at the game and you're in good seats. I, I mean, I'm sure you can see it on TV too. But when you're there, you can see Kyrie is the best player on the court, right. like on both teams. He's just so much faster and quicker and smarter, smarter, and the way he moves with the ball. And right. He's got elite skills. Right. He's the best player on the team, and it just seems that something is wrong. And now the trade deadline is February 5th, which is only three weeks away. What do you expect to happen? I expect. I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on in the locker room. I but think something is. Something will happen. Like, what I, do you? What, I, I what is your best guess on who the who the players are that are the issues with each other? I like, could I could see Brown gone. It's definitely the, his decline in minutes. I I definitely think he could be a part of a package to be gone. I don't think you move smart. He's too good for your locker Terry. room. Terry. Terry could looks be like gone. A problem. That could be a package deal for a young team. Um, but. I don't think you can even move Morris because he's playing a solid role for the team. And when he's going, it seems like that offense is going. Yeah. Hayward, you got too much money wrapped in. Obviously, Kyrie. Would they move Kyrie? His contract's up at the end of the year. They could. I mean, something. I, I just something's gonna gonna give with this team. I feel like whether it's call me crazy, whether it's Stevens getting fired. I know that sounds like crazy talk, but it this is a this year. is a disaster right now, and it's only getting worse. <laughs> there you go, it's a but, a but it's a disaster and it's getting worse and now that there's infighting on the team that is not the sign of a healthy team that's on the upswing not so, at all so let's say they do move Kyrie at the deadline what do you what would you want to get for him oh boy yeah right with because he's a is a expiring he's, contract yeah I don't know what what you can but get so, somebody would get a sign right I don't know sign and trade right what it so let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here what if <clears throat> this these kinds of issues continue for the next three weeks. It's pretty. It's you can't come to a long term agreement with him. Well, so for do they so do his situation is different. Season? So for him, that's the thing. You would want to sign him before he gets into the last year, right? But for him, the, the way the NBA contracts are structured, the only, his that makes sense for him to play out the contract and then sign once this contract is up at the right. end of the year because he can make like. Hundred or like fifty to one hundred million dollars more on the total end of the contract if he does it that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he signed a year before that, he would lose like fifty to one hundred million dollars if he signed early. So right. he has to wait out, go like, like write out the contract, become a free agent, then resign in order to max out his money. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's messed up. Why? Like, why is it like that? I, I don't know. Players union, baby. They well, dictate those I mean, things. It's. It's certainly better than, than what we see in the NHL where, you know, teams really have you by the balls um, and 
you know, you're trying, you're, you're trying, if you want to stay in a place, you're trying really hard during the season to get the deal done because um, if you don't have a deal done by the trade deadline and you're in the last year of your contract, they're going to just ship you off as a rental and you'll right. go God knows where unless you got that a, happens no, a, lot. A, no, a no trade clause going. You get shipped off to who the fuck knows where. Um, and, and very rarely does the team bring you back the next year. You know, right. that, that rental player thing that you see in, in other. But it's a, it, there's a fine line too because in the NBA, it the, for me, it's too much of the players dictating where they want to go now. And that's driving me crazy because – you know, in the old NBA, the 80s and the 90s, there used to be these teams of guys and they would come up together throughout the year, like the years, and they would build a nucleus together and they would stay together. Now it's these super teams like, oh, I want to play, Marty, I want to play with you. Ernesto, I want to uh, play with you. And, and We're not on the same team, but let's make it so we can all play together. Leave that to their managers who have, you know, contracts with multiple players. Like, don't fuck me here, this organization, or I'll fuck you with this player in the future. Yeah. And it's the Scott Borsons of the world who had the chokehold on some of these organizations, like if you want something from me and my talent pool out of this organization, it's not even like the actual team has control. No, nope. it's these fucking agents and their mega fucking companies that have control over the whole situation. And they're dictating and the players the NBA. know it, and the players know it. Absolutely. All right. So getting back to it, what what would you if if he does get dealt, what would you want to get back for Kyrie? I mean, I ultimately want Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. I mean, that's it's been He's known that interest. that's what Danny Ainge wants. Now I don't know. There's some stipulation, and I, I if you deal if it's for Kyrie, they can, you can, you can they can out. get Anthony Davis. But you can't bring but with his Kyrie level. on the team. You can't bring Anthony Davis in this this middle of the season. You have to wait until the off season. There's something another weird NBA loophole where they could do it for Kyrie, but that's the only player with right. Kyrie they can't bring in. There was Anthony this Davis. no stipulation to keep like the big three, these big like power shifts happening all at once, right? Yeah, that's what it basically boiled down to. So like maybe if they out. did a Kyrie, we'll give you Kyrie, Jalen Brown, you know, and something else, we bring in Anthony Davis. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis will be somewhere either by the deadline or by next year. My most likely is probably going to be LA. with L.A. You already bought a home there. Yeah. I mean, everything's leaning towards that. The Which guy... is stupid. Just pisses you off. Oh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to play together now? Awesome. Yeah, but Great. I mean, this is kind of what the league has created, and this is the monster we got to live with. And right. It's more of like, it's more like pro wrestling now. You're gonna yes. fall in love. With, you're gonna fall in love with the players Good and call. the storyline, but the aspect of being a true team. dedicated team player, no. you know, they're gonna shift to the bad side and give you a, a Ric Flair woo and walk out <laughs> the door, and it's all over with because they want to go play with their buddy, you know, because they talked about it since you know they played in you know, uh, AAU programs and, and basketball. They're living out their dream. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I hate everything about how everything's shifted in this league now that, and you don't even know if you know this, now they vote your first team all-stars, your first rounders in, and you have a captain. And now the captain of that team, being a player, picks the rest of their all-stars to fill that team. Didn't NHL do that? No. Um... Something yeah, similar. yeah, but the, the All Stars were picked. Well, hold on, I want, I want to. We can come back to that because yeah. I have some questions. Because uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, NHL All Star Game uh, that's coming back. Wow, the Bruins uh, on a power play. Well, it's it's an empty net power play, so it's a uh, a six on four. 
Oh, wow. With 37, 37 seconds, seconds left. left. Two, two. Tied up Montreal. Tied it up with Montreal. They were out shooting them by crazy, too. It looked yeah. like Price was having his Carey Price vintage game against the Bruins. You could, you, you, the writing was on the wall for this What's one. What? And David Krejci just right. picks, picks five the top. Hole. That's not the five hole. <laughs> that's that's the, top the, left, hole. <laughs> the top left corner. No, between that guy's legs, though. Oh. Yeah. Didn't they go through the first defenseman's legs? Yes, it did. Well, usually the five hole is the goalies. Well, I'm just sorry. I, I watched the initial. Just, Jesus. All right, so go, just going I'm back sorry, to the I'm sorry, Johnny, about the text. Don't oh, get no, on to me it, anymore. It didn't go through his legs. Okay. Going you're, back to the Celtics. All the way, is there all any the way hope wrong. for them? Can they recover? <laughs> Can they not? Are they going to finish in the five seed or worse? Are they going to get past the first round? What, what do we foresee here? They'll get past the first round. They will not be above a five seed, I don't think. Yeah. They're falling fast and far, and games are running out. Unless something dramatically shifts, and it's going to be interesting to see just what they do in the All-Star break before that trade deadline, and, and what team is going to be walking out on the court by then. I, yeah. I, I, I don't see Rozier there. I don't see... Man. Something's got to change. I don't see Brown there. Something's got to change. I see, I see Brown. I don't miss him off the court. I hate saying that. I don't want to give up on a kid so early. I but know. He just really is not bringing any energy to the games. No, whatsoever. even the way he runs on the court, it's uh, it's lackadaisical. Is, is there anything this season that stands out in mind from him? No. A standout game yet? No, he's had a Tatum's few, had his. Hayward had his. He's had a few nice dunks. and Kyrie's had it. plenty of his. Yeah. Morris has had more standout games than, than Jalen Brown has had. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. And the schedule's only getting tougher, too. We, they got a pretty tough schedule coming up, so. Yeah. Celtics are in some serious, uh, Ogilvy and some Brown serious go, crossroads. Ogilvy and Brown go for some, like, finishing contract. Can we just get through the season and, and go past the first round? I think they're just going to band-aid this season and see where Kyrie ends up. He promised. He said, we signed. He promised. He promised. Yeah, because these guys... Yeah, they stick they to the word. Through, yeah. Let me tell you. If if, <laughs> he promised. You look, you look up the fucking definition of follow-through, you don't find a, a basketball player. No, you don't. No, <laughs> promise is going to be, yeah, see ya. Fun, just, but no just, fun. He just goes Kyrie quiet and just doesn't start. Just doesn't play the rest of the season like he did for the Spurs. Ugh, what a disaster. All right, where are you heading into? All right, we'll move into a little bit of uh, NHL talk here. Um, Rick Nash was forced to retire due to unresolved issues. Good. And symptoms from uh, the concussion he suffered last March. That's too bad. Um, yeah, that... <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> good riddance. I was so excited to get him last year. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's Epic a great fail. Player. He's a great player. Epic fail. Yeah. Um, again, you were very ex- excited to get him. He was pretty good for you guys uh, in the he playoffs. Was? I didn't see him in the playoffs. So... Yeah, he's... I didn't see him. <laughs> Missed him in the playoffs. No, I, think I think he had one goal against Toronto. That's it. I think he's had 13 goals as a Bruin. No, I'm saying in the playoffs. He had one goal against Toronto, I think. In one ga- and there was one game he had an impact. That was it. Still. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, this poor guy's got to quit, quit playing the sport that he loves that he gets paid a lot of money to do because his, um, his head's not right. He's, he's had a, he never a, his- lived up to the hype. He didn't. Him and Joe Thornton. They All were right. best friends, and they never lived up to the hype. Uh, Go fuck yourself. He was drafted first overall in, in 2002 uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Also played for the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins. He had 437 goals, 
368 assists in 1,060 games. That's pretty good fucking hype, Johnny. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not a Hall of Famer. He was ranked third among active players um, for total goals, behind only Ovechkin and Patrick Marlowe. Well-known playoff choke artist over the years. <laughs> I think that's, that's that whole uh, Rangers team, Yeah. though. Um, but anyways... Uh, you know, congratulations on a long career, sad ending for Rick Nash. Uh, but I guess John John's, John's still pissed at him, so we'll move on. He got the downing farewell. Yeah. <laughs> Good riddance. <laughs> All right, so uh, Columbus goalie Sergei Bobrovsky uh, missed a game last Thursday night uh, hosting Nashville Predators because of a, uh, quote, unspecified team incident. Uh, general manager, hey, Marty. Do me a favor. Oh, God. Here. Pronounce that name for me real quick. Right here? Yeah. Yardimo Kecklin. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. Uh, General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen said in a statement, <laughs> <laughs> quote, there are certain expectations. Oh. Uh, oh, I guess Montreal just won. Discord. Nice, Tuka. Well done. <laughs> good riddance. So uh, Yarmo said, quote, there are certain expectations and values that we have established for our players that define our culture. An incident occurred in which Sergei failed to meet those expectations and values. End quote. Um, so the uh, an interesting piece here is uh, Coach John T- Tortorella. Torts was, uh, he declined to uh, comment, which tells me that he had something to do with it. Do you hear about this, Johnny? No, I mean, you look at look at that. Tell me that's not Tuca's fault, the right? <laughs> look at glove. You you put that away in the glove, right? Yeah. The a loose rebound. You know, <laughs> the loose rebound. Game over. That I you don't know. That, that shot. You, that shot's coming in pretty fucking hard. You shut and the glove is, and save it. This is a hell of a play for uh, for for Petri to. Yeah, he's a good defenseman. To uh, get it out of the air on the backhand. With the presence of mind to but wait, Tuka allowed that to, to happen. wait Tuka until the puck to gets below the crossbar. <laughs> Back You're to the absolutely story. fucking destroying this segment for me, Johnny. Back to Torts, no, but I know he's no nonsense. Let's get back to Yarmo. <laughs> well, actually, we're, we're we're more concerned with with Bob and what the fuck he did to get sat down uh, in a contract year where they're desperately trying to keep him there. Um, my sense. What I'm hearing is he's a bit of a boozer. Um, so maybe he missed a meeting, got all fucking fucked up, showed up to something hammered. I don't know. I, you're with Torts. I'm sure he doesn't put up with much. So, you know, who knows what it is? You know, He's a no-nonsense coach. You know, you don't mess around with him. Yeah, but it all—it also seems more like like it's something more. Cause why would the team make a, a statement about it? Yeah. Like I feel like something happened happened, and mm-hmm. they're they're sort of um, heading this one off at the pass and making a small statement about it and punishing him right off the bat. So then you know, in a year and a half when it comes out, they don't look like they have egg on their face. Right. For not doing anything, so so much of the Russian vodka. This is uh, exactly, yeah. Did you hear uh, Panarin um, got offered by a Columbus vodka company uh, free vodka for life if he re-signs there? 
No. That's going to pay off in a long run. <laughs> you know those Russians love their vodka. But this is... <laughs> This is fucking really interesting for, for Columbus because, you know, they've been on the bubble for the last few years. And now, you know, Bob's 30 years old. Uh, he's 18, 13, and 1 this season. He's in the final year of his contract. Has shown no... Um, has, has shown no indication that he plans on re-signing. Um, Artemi Panarin already just as much came out and said that he's not re-signing. Um, you know, the, the Blue Jackets in, in the, uh, Metro division right now are pretty ensconced in that third spot. You gotta wonder, like, wait, are the Penguins in the third spot? They're, yeah, but the Penguins are head, are trending upwards. Like, I, when I think about the Metropolitan Division, I think of Capitals first, Penguins second, Blue Jackets third. When I just think about the talent there. And you know how that's going to shake. Either way, out. that benefits. So if you know if you finish second and third, they finish second and third. I mean that benefits you if there's trouble there because that's your first round opponent. Right, but I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna make some big deals at the deadline. Um, you know, it's hard to be a seller in that case, but also you don't want to wind up being. You know what the Islanders were supposed to be this year, losing Johnny T for for nothing. You know, and you have right. Arguably, the two best players on your team, um, with their bags already half packed, ready to go. You know, that'd make a hell of a fucking package, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's we'll why give, they won't do it as a package. They'll split them up. We'll give you Sergei Bobrovsky so and Artemi Panarin. There's for, been these situations on other teams in the past, and the teams always split the guys up because they they can just get more. Like, look at just for example, going back to last year with the Rangers with McDonough and Nash. The Bruins mm-hmm. were trying to get both of them. But the Rangers said, no, screw you. We are separating them because we just you get more. And then, of course, they get more. They get from the Bruins, they get the package. From the from the Lightning, they get the package from McDonough. So it's just, right. unfortunately, that's what the teams are going to do. But it would be nice for a team to get a dream package like that. Definitely something to keep to keep an eye out uh, on, though, and, and just, you know, how things go for them. For interesting story this year. Right on it. Um... Also on last last Thursday, you had to have uh, seen this all over Nesson and everything. Ovechkin laid a massive hit on Big Z, uh, sending him head over heels uh, into uh, the Capitals bench, which is an impressive feat considering Chata's head and heels are almost seven feet away from each mm-hmm. other. Um, it's pretty cool, and 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 Ch- Charo is a good sport about it too. He popped out of the bench. He had a little smirk on his face, like. And then not not a lot of guys take him for a ride like that. No. So, and then after the game, Lars Eller calling out Marshan for not putting up the gloves to fight him in a rematch of the fight from opening night when Marshan knocked out Eller in the seven nothing opening night debacle they had at Washington this year. But in in Marshan's defense, I think it shows that he's grown as an individual because. It was a one nothing game. That fucking rat bitch never fights. No, no, no. <laughs> he would have if it was a 5 nothing game. And he always in that fight, and he will fight him when the game calls for it. But in a one nothing game against a team you haven't beaten in five years, 14 games now, the fight is not... The, it's not a fair fight for Marshan to fight Lars Eller right, right, in that right. type of game. Because both those guys in the box, you know... Not Marshan. the same player. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that one. Uh, <clears throat> moving on, Penguins defenseman Chris Letang 
was selected as the Metropolitan's last man, uh, as voted by the fans for the 2019 All-Star Game. Uh, 31-year-old Tanger will be playing in his fifth All-Star Game, tying him with Hall of Famer Paul Coffey for most appearances by a Penguins defenseman. He'll be joining Sidney Crosby for the second year in a row. Uh, Sidney Crosby's going to the All-Star Game for his second year in a row. Uh, he always gets, you know, voted in, yeah. but it's he just never goes. It's kind of his oh, thing. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's kind of his thing. He's an uh, asshole? No, it's, he's just... <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> yes, know, he is. He is, <laughs> he is quote-unquote hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Hurt. Hey, man, that's, you know... It's like Tom Brady. He never goes to the Pro Bowl. You need to get he those, doesn't do Pro Bowls. You need to get those six days off. Yarmo, get in. <laughs> <laughs> the All-Star Games being held in uh, San Jose. The other uh, last men in. Um, so, Marty, the the Hall of Fame, or excuse me, um, All-Star Game format for, uh, for the NHL this year, it's a new format. They... <clears throat> put in kind of most of the guys through the players association and um what is it uh the hockey operations department yeah and then they leave it up to the fans to vote in the uh what was it uh the last man in um like a you know online voting competition okay and this was in a um in response to a few years ago, uh, the fans, you know, driven driven by Reddit, voted in because there used to be, you know, you could vote, you could fan vote whoever in. Okay. And um, fucking Zemgis Jurgensen, because the entire country of Lithuania decided to, uh, or wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> decided decided to uh, to vote for this guy, and he is not a good player. Okay, not a Hall of Fame caliber player. And then, uh, I think it was last year, or perhaps the year before, um, John Scott from uh, from Phoenix got in, and it was just the most amazing thing. He's like, uh, if you think of um, Doug from Goon. Okay. You know, just a fucking meathead, can't skate, can't shoot, can't fucking do anything. Yeah. Nice guy. Actually really smart. I think he's got, like, uh, like a degree from, from MIT or something crazy like that. But, uh, or some kind of engineering degree. But, um, just a fucking meathead. And he, he wound up being voted the, by the players, the, um, the All-Star Game MVP. And it was just... Big egg on the face for for the league. <laughs> so now it's like presenting the illusion of choice. Okay. Uh, to uh, to the fans and uh, Chris Letang was voted in for the Metropolitan. The Sabers uh, Jeff Skinner uh, was voted in for the Atlantic. And John, when you when the the list of all stars. Uh, Sebastian Aho fucking sucks. <laughs> Sebastian Aho. He fucking sucks. That guy fucking that's, sucks. That's, You're that's wrong. false. I, you are wrong. That's false. Maybe yeah. he has upside, but he sucks. Every time I have him, I play him in my lineup, he does nothing. Uh, he has fa- like, well, maybe one shot. Johnny, Johnny, fucking fantasy hockey is, is the worst. It is so hard. Especially daily. Speaking of fantasy, how about Calvin Tappen? Tappanen? 
Tapping. Tap, 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 <laughs> tap, tap it in. All right. Uh, but Jeff Skinner, who was, when the list came out, that was the notable snub for me. You're like, who's missing from this list? That was the one I was like, I can't believe this fucking guy didn't make it in. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's in. He is in. Yeah. He got, but he got in on the last, the last man in voting thing because it would have been a fucking crime if he wasn't in. Uh, the Avalanches, Gabriel Landeskog was in for the Central. Um, the Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl, literally one of two things that the Both Oilers have. Both my lineup tonight. One of, the, one of two, two positive things happening uh, in Edmonton. Everything else is a fucking tire fire. What about that rookie from Edmonton? I'm sorry, I'm not up to date on his name. I should be. But don't they have a really good rookie? Just spit something out and probably hit. I'm not sure who you're talking about. I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, Pasta, David Pasternak, uh, will represent the Bruins. And Marty, for your stars, would be Miro Hishkinen. Oh, I love Miro. (laughs) Guy's got a solid stick. Oh, man. uh, (laughs) That's all I got. It's a hockey term, right? <laughs> so the uh, the NHL received more than 11.5 million votes uh, that were cast over the seven-day period. And, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I kind of like that. that um, the skills competition is kind of cool in hockey. No, the it? skills competition is great. And ever since they moved to three-on-three uh, three, um, for the for the actual games, it's a three-on-three three tournament. <laughs> Um, so, so getting back to the NBA, um, all-star game, how, how's that set up? Uh, you know, the it's, it's fan voting and it's, it's basically, they go into basically a pool and there's captains, it's the lead vote, vote getters for each team. Mm -hmm. And those guys basically, it's like yard ball. They pick up, doesn't matter if you're in the Eastern or the Western. Oh, okay. They're picking up players. See, I like that. They used to do that for the NHL, yeah. and it used to be this really fun thing that happened on Friday. You know, they'd have that on Friday, the skills competition on Saturday, and then the game on Sunday. Um, I just wish the coaches and the media had a little bit more play in the picking of the All-Stars because I think, and I don't know if Johnny would agree to me, I think Luca's right there to be in the All-Star. He might even sneak in in some way at the end of the fan voting. Um, but I just think... It's just names that get in every year. Like a Chris Paul could get in um, and not played half the season. Dwayne Wade lead lead in yeah he got a lot of votes this year. Uh, Somewhere he's he's like in the top five. Um, But it's just it's just more matters of the of the freaking heart and your loyalty to your team or and like I said it's more like I feel like pro wrestling in a way is that there's a lot of people who might be a Phoenix Suns fan, but are in love with Giannis for Milwaukee. So there's just not that fan base loyalty to choose your own team's all-stars and kind of stick in and kind of drive that situation. The area mm-hmm. media guys who stick to their base as well and trying to vote those guys in as, as well. It's more just kind of a, it just seems more like a marketing ploy now. And well, actually yeah. like, re, and I get it. I understand. It used to be like back in the day when the when the slam dunk was a slam dunk contest and the skills challenge was these guys really took it to like each other like I'm better than you let's see who's the best out here to where now they're just kind of walking through the motions and the game is 
usually ends in basketball like 160 to 140, and there's no defense until the last five minutes. Yeah. Whether in the regular season, there's no defense oh, so until it's the just last like, eight minutes. <laughs> so it's just like regular basketball. Okay. I gave a little bit there. A <laughs> little bit there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, this year, um, and it used to be too, I did Johnny, did it ever dictate to where who had home court advantage when it came to the NBA Finals? They never did that. No, that's just baseball. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it has no real impression on the game. And Talk about an all-star that, event that just needs to go away. That's the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. That's just stupid. That's a joke, yeah. Speaking just, of that, just... they did announce the coaches for the Pro Bowl today. Did they really? Yeah, Cowboys, Jared, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Clapping and getting late. And, and the Chargers, Anthony Oh, boy. Two guys probably used to lose their job the way they fucking showed up. Anyway, but yeah, that that just... What could they do? Just do an award show and just give them a fucking trophy for being the best lineman or the best receiver or the best quarterback of the year? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that Pro Bowl. It's just sad. Uh, Johnny, did you find that... Uh, no, I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I think you might be talking about the Vancouver Canucks um, rookie, Elias Patterson. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah. I was confused, Edmonton and Vancouver. Well, they're both in Canada, which is, after all, a uh, foreign land. So, um, yeah, no, he's... Uh, he's yeah, he was the um, fifth overall pick in this last year's draft. Uh, first round... Uh, for Vancouver, and he has just been fucking money in the bank every time on, he's on the ice. Um, un- unfortunately, he uh, has missed a lot of time. He had that um, that uh, hit by um, Mike Matheson, um, which was just kind of a simple interference uh, play. But you know, this kid's is still a kid. He's only twenty years old. He doesn't have that um, that man muscle on him yet, and he just got like literally pushed down and uh and he smashed his head off the ice he's six foot two 176 pounds yeah but he's still that is so skinny yeah yeah he's um he's gonna be he's got to put about another 20 pounds on so he just he just got manhandled went out with a concussion uh the guy actually got suspended for it which caused a, a big ripple in the league because you know it's kind of kind of a routine play at most, it was interference. Um, but, you know, he's a young star. And it was kind of the NHL starting to do what the NFL does with, uh, pr- you know, protecting their uh, young talent. Um, so, in a way, you kind of like to see that. But uh, in 38 games, he's got uh, 22 goals, 20 assists. as a plus 13. Um, yeah, so... Looks like he has a bright future for those Canucks. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if they can get goaltending or a supporting cast for him. But, um, yeah. So, uh, the other thing I want to talk about was last Tuesday, um, Ryan Reeves, the Golden Knights, faced off uh, against former Bruin and New York Ranger Adam McQuaid. It was one of those classic heavyweight bouts. Um, we don't see too much of this in, in hockey anymore. I feel like most of the fights are pretty spontaneous. Um, but this, you know, they squared up in the middle, middle of the ice, um, Madison square garden, 
you know, in the third period, traded blows for about 30 seconds. Um, both players ended up with their, uh, their buckets on the ice. And uh, to my mind, McQu- McQuaid definitely got the worst of the uh, the exchange. We watched the um, the fight before the show tonight, guys. What'd you think? It's one of the better ones I've seen all season long, for sure. I'm always gonna root for McQuaid. <laughs> yeah. Right, but he got his. He they did he walked a, away fine. Yeah, they were trading blows fine. pretty good. It was nice, and he did he did wind up on the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Ryan Reeves is a bad man. I love it. He's fucking. I'm so sad we got rid of him. I really enjoyed having him Rosalind's on his team. A connection there. looked like a classic Blades of Steel fight. <laughs> uh, it was Reeves' third fight on the year. Uh, and speaking of fights, to finish us off tonight, UFC fighter uh, Poliana Viana was the victim of a mugging in front of her home in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, this one. <laughs> Poor guy wound up taking the worst of it, though. Well, poor guy. He's fucking criminal yeah, piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, I say poor guy. Trying to rob her. But did, did you see the picture of his face, though? Oh, she mangled Oh, my God. So she was waiting for an Uber, uh, and he, you know, tried tried to swipe her phone and uh, told her he was armed uh, and, you know, that he, you know, not to try anything. And she's like, he was sitting really close to me, so I felt like I was going to be able to make the first move before he, you know, he could draw it out of his pocket. So she lit him up with two punches and a kick and then caught him in a rear naked choke. And then I presume whispered sweetly in his ear. And now we wait for the police. (laughs) So it's funny. There's actually pictures that she took while she had him in an arm bar and he's like giving her the hang loose sign bleeding from his nose. His, (laughs) he looks like fucking what's that guy's name from the Goonies. Um, Sloth. Yeah, Sloth. The fucking monster. Hey, you guys. <laughs> he looked super fucked up. Baby room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought I thought that was awesome. When the police got there, uh, it turned out it was a cardboard gun. So, Which kind of, in, in similar, what something happening in the United States, too, where a woman walked into a dojo and, like... Oh, no, she... She she ran into a dojo because yeah, she was feel like she was gonna get raped or mugged or whatever, and the guy head ran sensei or whatever just like beat the hell out of him. <laughs> so uh, who fo- like who follows a chick into a dojo? I do your background work, guys, before you uh, <laughs> mug these ladies nowadays. Know where you're going. Know who you're dealing with. <laughs> oh, um, shout! All right, guys, we got anything else today? Go Brady. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the Bruins game. I mean, <laughs> Patriots game. He's wiped out. <laughs> He's spent. Wiped out. All right, guys. Charlie's well, gonna go zero dark thirty by Wednesday. Midnight? It depends how much you guys egged me on this week. I'm really, I really nervous. I barely egged this week. you on. I'm I really just nervous. responded. So that was like your nineteenth. Like we're gonna fucking shit all over these. No, 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 no. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a picture of Brady having more wins than all the other playoff coaches combined. <laughs> that was. That's all it was. <laughs> I love you, Johnny. All right, you can. But find... you will know if I next week if they win, I will whip it out. On the table. Yeah? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, well, all right. Well, get out your protractors and measuring sticks, because <laughs> Johnny's going to be laying it all out there. Johnny's note card I'll, uses with a TV. I'll nest no bird. <laughs> if, I'll nest no bird. If you, 
if you want to request nudes from John, you can do that at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter. Uh, you can get to Marty uh, at Green Mountain Sports on Instagram. And we're all posting uh, at Green Mountain Sports on the Facebooks. Please check out our feeds. Um, we all hit it up. It's all a bunch of funny shit. And um, don't let yeah. Podbean scare you. It's pretty easy, but we are finding other venues to to use as well. Yep, we'll be rolling out the uh, the Apple Podcast and Google Play uh, stuff shortly. So don't um, be afraid to flick the bean. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, we'll later on. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>